And welcome. This is Bruno DiGiulio with uh, with the Works Podcast. And we had um, Ron Flatter on earlier in the week, and I found out that Wi-Fi's don't work equally over the internet. Who knew? Well, what happened was is that we would my Wi-Fi was not at the same speed or time that his Wi-Fi was on, believe it or not. And it caused to where we were talking over each other, where in conversation that wasn't the reality. So you live and learn and uh, through these podcasts. And I've got a special guest coming up. I'll tell you about him in a minute. But I do have some sad note. Maxfield, uh, I started to say maximum security. Maxfield uh, suffered a injury this morning in a work at Keeneland. When he got back to the barn after he worked a half mile in 101.2, he was definitely off, and they discovered a condylar fracture. He's going in for surgery, and uh, Brendan Walsh is just devastated right now. Um, when I reached out and sent and to him, uh, the only thing he could write back was, uh, this one's a hard one, Bruno. Uh, I feel bad for Brendan. He's a really, really good guy soft-spoken, very open, and very uh, easy to talk to, good man, and um, this is the third one, Charlatan, Nadal, now Maxfield, um, it's, it's, it's just tough, tough to, to see these horses get hurt and not getting a chance to see what they have later on in their career. Now, speaking of careers, my next guest, his name is Sean King, he is a Super Bowl winner, he uh, he played under uh, John Gruden at Tampa, uh, and uh, he's a big horse racing fan. And um, I wanted to get him on because he's a good handicapper, he's a fun handicapper, but I just wanted to talk to him, get him on the air. I'm going to warn you that the conversa- he's driving to a, uh, an event uh, to golf. Uh, he was going to stop at Tampa Bay Downs and make a few wagers, but wasn't going to make it to the golf course on time. So he did the show from his car. So we apologize for some of the uh, audio. Um, but some of the information that that he talked about and, and just about NFL and his career. And we kind of tried to draw some parallel with racing and the competitiveness. But he, just a fun conversation to have. I love doing... I love doing these conversations with people that, uh, that we get to meet in racing. And that's one of the parts that we're going to talk about. It's the camaraderie of how people in racing, we meet uh, individuals that we would never had a chance to meet otherwise if it wasn't for the horse racing. So let's go right to it. Let me go look for him. Just tracked down one of my favorite people uh, in the game in sports and handicapping. 
I followed him as a, a, a Tulane University quarterback and in the NFL with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Mr. Sean King. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. So, when we saw last saw you, you know, you, basically you are a uh, Super Bowl winner in 2004 Super Bowl, correct? Yes. And um, I think it might have been 03. You might have been what? 0203, somewhere around there. Yeah. But um, you had a fantastic uh, college season at Tulane. Uh, and I, I went back and did some homework on you. I mean, you were like 10th in the Heisman Trophy voting. Uh, you had been Offensive Player of the Year uh, back when you were, uh, I think you were in uh, high school. And now you've turned to coaching. But the, best, the, the most important thing for our listeners out there, you're a baller when it comes to handicapping. I'm getting better. I, I'm passionate about it. I love it. I think every time you uh, you handicap a card, you learn a little more. You know, you learn a different angle. I think the, the, the biggest thing I found in handicapping is just figuring out how to filter the information, you know, so that you can apply it and, and feel good about whatever you come up with. But I'll say this about finishing 10th in the highs, and I tell my friends this all the time. I was just good enough to not get invited. <laughs> you 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 were you know watching Lamar Jackson watching uh, Patrick Mahomes uh watching some of these young quarterbacks that are coming out uh, you were kind of like one of the, you were like them you had speed uh you had an excellent arm um maybe you were 10 years before your time that's one way to look at it. I don't think everybody's ever mis- anybody's ever mistaken me for Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball or Lamar Jackson <laughs> running it, but I appreciate the compliment. And as you get older, you take all the compliments you can get. But uh, I was pretty good, I'll say that. Uh, on the college level, I think guys, my skill set got a chance to demonstrate it. You know, Now you see the NFL starting to apply a lot of the college schemes, tendencies, offenses, so these guys are better fits. Whereas when I came into the National Football League, it was still the old school, traditional. Everybody was looking for the 6'4", 240-pound guy that just stayed in the pocket. So in that instance, or I think you're correct, but I'm not going to disrespect Lamar or Patrick and say that I was as talented <laughs> naturally as either of them. They're, they're phenomenal, aren't they? They're just... They, they're uh, once in a generation now. Yeah. I mean, you can argue that, that Lamar is more athletic than Vic. Because he's bigger, you know, and you can make an argument that Mahomes has as good an arm as ever played the game of football. So you're talking about two kids that are, I mean, really elite and are going to have great careers. And you played under uh, a couple of uh, future coaches in Rich Rodriguez and Tommy Bowden. Um, do you now you also coach yourself? Um, do you br- do you bring any of that? Uh, what 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 do you bring to the table? From your past experience to your young to the youngsters you teach now. Well, I think the one thing that I learned, and this was through a lot of different coaches. You know, you mentioned Rich Rod and Tommy, who were awesome. Uh, Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell. I mean, Mike Tomlin, Herm Edwards. There've been so many guys I've been around that have kind of influenced me. And the one thing that I think this 
that I played under had was an ability to connect with the players on a personal level. I think you get a lot more out of a young man when you coach they trust you. And the only way for them to trust you is for them to think really care about them and you're going to do what's right for them in the long run. And, you know, how... and I think it served me well. When you look at your career, was uh, the the NSC Championship game against the St. Louis Rams at that time? I think the Rams were the the greatest show on turf. Um, you guys just came up short from going to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, was that your maybe the, the 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 toughest loss or the bad beat or the nose photo uh, in your career? And, and your best professional season was in 2000. I remember a game that you played in on a Monday night football game against the Rams. Um, do you remember? Do you remember that game? Do you remember what the play I'm talking about? Yeah, it was the uh, year following us losing to them in the NFC Championship game, and uh, both teams had kind of had up and down seasons. I think it was week maybe. 15 or something like that, and it was actually, we were playing for a berth into the, uh, a, a guaranteed playoff berth, and so it was a lot at stake, uh, it, it was, everybody was anticipating it was going to be a game like the year before, low scoring, defense driven, and it turned into a shootout, and it had a bunch of miraculous plays, like, Ward Dunn got really scared after I threw the ball, and he pitched the ball back to me for some reason, <laughs> and I was just... I was just scared enough to make like three Rams miss. <laughs> the 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 one big play, the one big play was I think you're trailing thirty five thirty one with like a, a minute twenty to go, and uh, fourth and four at the twenty nine yard line, you got tripped up, but you were able to scramble for a first down and a, an amazing play. We'll have to look that one up. I think it was London Fletcher. I think that's who it was. He was a pretty good player, too, wasn't he? He wasn't big, but he was a good player, yeah. But, um. They were defending Super Bowl champions. So they had a bunch of really, really good players. And that was the season where you actually got them in a position to, uh, to win and be able to, I think, win the division. And, uh, I think Martin Gramatica missed a kick. And uh, cost Martin's you guys. Martin's a really good friend of mine. It was when um, Tampa still had not 
won a game where the kickoff starting temperature was below 30 degrees. Oh, gosh. And uh, off the top of my head, the game was at Green Bay, and I'm pretty sure that it was negative 11 Oof. when the ball kicked off. But we were in a position to win. And here's what's so crazy about sports is Martin at the time, best kicker in the NFL. I mean, he's outstanding. He is still was an outstanding kicker. But, I mean, sometimes, you know, people miss. I made bad throws, you know. Jared Brooks missed the tackle. Like, it happens. But if he makes the field goal, we win the NFC Central. We have a bye in the first round of the playoffs. And we have a home game in the second round of the playoffs. Wow. We miss the field goal. We go to overtime. They get the toss. Favre drives them down. This is before both teams got possessions in overtime. They score. We end up on the road at Philly in the wild card game. And still to this day, I think Philly was playing with 15 people on defense. <laughs> I mean, they were coming from everywhere. How is Brett Farr to play against? Awesome. He's a competitor. You know, I'm a competitor. Of course, he had a much more illustrious and better career in a that that's a good one to know yeah you beat him <laughs> you um uh, i did enjoy I, I when i got to meet you i knew exactly who you were and um and uh yeah i've been fortunate enough that we talk a lot about racing and let's talk about racing you bring that competitive spirit when i talk to you from the from from your competition in the nfl and college football to the to the to the to the to to actually handicapping horses, talk to the folks a little bit about what some of Sean King's uh, go-to angles when you're handicapping. Well, one thing that I really like is I like speed. I like speed. I think if you can find, and I like to play pick four and pick five. That's generally the, the best that I play. I, I like horses that are going to be on the front end or or at least in the you know front part of the race and I say that because a lot of times you don't need a great jockey or a great trip to win if you have the best horse you know a lot of times even if you have the best horse if he's got to navigate traffic or you know he's maybe got to go on the inside up the rail and you know it's an inexperienced jockey or you know maybe the race isn't that significant you don't always get the best trip or ride so that's the first thing I'm generally looking for is a horse that, that has speed that can place himself you know, in a part of a race where if he's good enough, he has a really good chance to win. When you, uh, what other, uh, do you look at, um, when you're looking at speed, do you look at pace figures or do you look at them on your own, uh, by your own eyes on what you think is the speed? Well, I do both. You know, when I have time, a lot of times I like to go back and look at some of the race replays. You know, I have found that in the racing form, you can't always take the, uh, <laughs> as completely 100% accurate, you know, in the race. So, you know, I like to go back and kind of see, was the horse comfortable getting to the lead? Was the jockey really having to use him up? You know, was there a speed bias that day at the track? You know, a lot of factors go into it, but, you know, I think when you watch the, the replays, you kind of get a feel for, okay, is that natural speed? You know, is it something that I think he can repeat or replicate? You know, and then to me, that's where the trainers kind of start to come in. You know, different trainers are better at different things. So just understanding, you know, how those two connect, you know, at least it makes you more comfortable. And one thing you know in this business, heck, you could do everything right and, and still miss every race. 
Oh, absolutely. You tell me about it. You can have the greatest analysis, and if they don't, they, you know, it, it's almost like you're you're currently coaching, and you uh, were the quarterback coach and running back coach at South Florida, and you had a couple of ballers. One of them was Marlon Mack, that's with the Indianapolis Colts. You, you could do everything right with those young men, and you send them out on the field, and become a cluster. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's why people love sports. And there's an unknown. No matter what has happened in the past or what has happened leading up to the contest or the race, they still have to play the game. They still have to run the race. And I think that's where a lot of the excitement comes. You know, for athletes, I know athletes, a lot of athletes that play the ponies, you know, it's just another way to compete. You know, you're competing against the horses that you don't pick. You're competing against the trainers that you didn't select for that race. You're competing against other horse players in the pools. So so it's just a, another way to kind of keep those competitive juices flowing. And speaking of Marlon Mack, we had a discussion a couple of years ago when Marlon was a, was a rookie. And I watched him in one game, and I realized that you had coached him. And I think I wrote you, and I said, this Marlon Mack can play. And you wrote me back, he's a baller, man. He's a baller. He's, a, he's, gonna be, he's going into his third year. He's a really good running back. I think you're going to see, if he stays healthy, a really good season this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he's a transcendent talent. Like, a lot of times you have running backs, they're either really fast or they're really agile or they're really powerful or they're really good on third down. Like, he can do it all. Like, I mean, he is got really good size, got elite speed. He's probably one of the most evasive runners I've seen. And to top it all off, he's just as good of a person. I mean, he's an outstanding, outstanding person. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't give my good friend Dante Templeton credit, who's from Louisville. He actually was the running backs coach for Marlin. I was coaching quarterbacks. But, again, like it takes a village to raise them. So we all played a role in their development. But got to give my dog a shout-out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, is he a horse player, too? No. He's from Louisville, so. He taught me that the correct pronunciation, pronunciation is Louisville. It's not Louisville. Yeah, exactly. You can always tell a person that's actually from there. That's right. It, uh, Louisville's a great town. Uh, I'm not too far from there. That and Lexington are my favorite towns uh, to be in. Now, you're from South Florida, correct? I'm from Central Florida. I'm actually from uh, St. Petersburg. I lived uh, my life in the Bay Area. That's a beautiful area. It is. It is. Great weather. Really affordable cost of living. Great airport. Uh, beaches. Great food. Only probably detraction is we get hurricanes every year and it gets really hot. But other than that, yeah. have no complaint. Uh, it gets hot up here too. And I live in Delray Beach, Florida. You know that it gets hot over there too. Let me ask you something. And now, being that you know you're, you're you're coaching, you're playing the races, you watch the NFL, of course, right? Um, do you play fantasy football? So one of the things about coaching is you can't play fantasy football. Oh, that's 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 hard. That's heartless. Yeah, I know. I think uh, was it Rick Neuheisel got fired for playing. Uh, I know Rick. Football, he's head coach. University. Yeah, I know Rick. I've actually hung out with Rick yeah. at Del Mar, 
and uh, he loved to be, he loved to bet, he loved to play. I'll tell you what, he loved to play. He couldn't. I mean, he had to bet every race. You know, I, I enjoyed. I spent a, a couple of days with him, and I talked to him, and uh, we kind of I, I kind of got to learn to pay to talk about his language. You know, like for example, with with the two year olds that hadn't started yet, I would call them rest shirt freshmen. You know, and okay. Okay. You, you know, and there was a horse that was Southern Hemisphere bred. He was bred in Brazil or Argentina, and he had come to the United States. So he was a two-year-old, but he was—he had to be going against three-year-olds because he was bred and he was born in October. So he was really still a two-year-old. So coach was like, how does that work? And I said, coach, I said, your son's a, uh, a freshman, right? He said, yeah. I said, is he on the freshman squad? He said, yeah. And he goes, what, happen, what happens if you put him in a game against, against seniors and juniors? He looked at me, he goes, I get it. He has no shot, you know, and it was true. So we were using football terms uh, along the lines of handicapping. And, and I find that to be kind of, uh, I think it's really interesting when I, uh, when I look at, when I talk to football players, because you guys understand the conditioning aspect you understand the mental aspect do you think that as a handicapper you being an athlete makes the difference in in your success in picking winners i don't think so not me personally um i just think if you, in horse racing it, it's about who you know i think the inside information you know one of the reasons that i subscribe to to, to your you know, packages because you have eyes and eyesight on the actual works. And you give great information about how horses are working. You know, are they in shape, which we're talking about now? Do they look like they aren't in shape? So this race is going to be used to get them in shape. Like, that's information as an athlete because you're not at the track every day that you wouldn't have unless you start to, like, create relationships within the business. So I'm your so scout. I think I'm your scout. I'm your, I'm your scout. Yes, you're my scout. You and a couple other guys in my scouting department. <laughs> All right. I love this. I'm putting that on my resume. I'm scouting for Sean King. <laughs> An NFL Super Bowl winner. They, Unless you're just completely one of those lucky people that can just pick a number and it, and it wins, you're going to need some, some information outside of just the TPs. Now, one of my other favorite people in, in, in the game that I have never got to meet, but I'd love to one day, is Coach Gruden. Um, uh, John Gruden. You did you play for him? You did, didn't you? Hello. Yeah, yeah. We kind of faded out there, but did you play for Coach Gruden? I did. I spent uh. You you spent about three years. He was there for three years while you were there. How, tell us a little bit about Coach Gruden. He's actually a lot of fun to be around most of the time. <laughs> and him kind of had our differences at, at points, but I mean, we're older now, we're past it. You know, I can see in hindsight, you know, he was trying to get the best out of me. And, you know, I think he can see in hindsight my frustration at, at times. But, I mean, he, he's a good dude. You know, uh, I think he has a chance to do some good things in Oakland. You know, uh, moving to Las Vegas is big for that franchise. I mean, that's a new injection of energy enthusiasm, you know, I know the people in, in, in Las Vegas, you know, where I've lived, 
you know, for uh, I've had a home there. So I, I've spent maybe two and a half, three years of my life. They're, they're excited. They're fired up. They're going to support it just like they've kind of supported the hockey team. So, you know, it's a good opportunity for John. Um, I know he's excited. I know he's got some security there in Oakland. So he, he's fired up about being able to build it the way he wants to build it. And let's talk about Las Vegas. And people are saying, well, what was Sean doing in Las Vegas? You were the quarterback of the Las Vegas Gladiators in the Arena Football League. You threw 10 touchdown passes against the Grand Rapids Rampage on, in March of uh, 2007. I don't remember watching that game, but I remember seeing it, I, I think, on SportsCenter. But that, that's, how do you throw 10 touchdown passes in a game? that lasted a whole week. And I do have to give you credit where credit's due. You also fa- uh, founded the Sean King Foundation out of, uh, in Winter Haven, Florida, uh, which su- supported uh, kids in partnership with boys and girls. Can you give us an update on that? Are you still a part of that? Well, we're still doing a lot of stuff in the community. It initially started. Um, it was based on just teaching kids about politics on the state level, on the federal level, and on the international level. And so we, we took them to Tallahassee to learn about state government, which is the capital of Florida. Then we went to uh, New York City or Washington, D.C. the following year to kind of visit the White House and, and kind of view, you know, a lot of the staples of the federal government, the Congress, the Senate, all those things. And the third year, we went to New York and toured the uh, United Nations and, and, and did the whole international aspect, at least the American view of international politics. So I was really proud of that program. I think uh, we had 62 kids in those three years come through, and 44 of them ended up being college graduates. So I was really excited about the success we had. And, you know, the great thing about life is when you're blessed, you know, it's, I think it's your responsibility to be a blessing to others. And what better group than the youth, you know, trying to give them a head start, a platform to be confident about what it is that they're passionate about and also provide some focus and some mentorship, you know, as, as they start their lives. So really proud of what we're able to accomplish. You know, we're still involved. We're still doing things for Thanksgiving for the homeless and Christmas for, for families that may be on is, you know, financially stable as some others. So I, I just, this is something I'm passionate about. It's why I got into coaching, Bruno, was because I really wanted to help young men develop off the field and on the field. So, you know, the Lord keeps blessing me. I'm going to keep trying to be a blessing to others. And there's a couple of guys you've helped along. One of them was Quinton Flowers uh, to his best season and AAC player, right? And uh, 
uh, and uh, you worked with Charlie Strong over at South Florida, uh, and where you you uh, and you were moved to running backs coach, where you helped Ernest Johnson, who I believe I'm not sure where he is now. Who is, yeah, best uh, best collegiate season in uh, in uh, that year. So. You're you're living. You not only you don't only got a chance to live the dream on the college level, but on the NFL level. And I bet you you probably got a couple of those looks from from Coach Gruden, didn't you? Yeah, a bunch of them. Trust me, I was on the end of a lot of them. I love those. I love those. The Chucky look, you know. And and now you you. Izo, go ahead. No, I say he's a good dude, though. He's a good dude. Oh, I love those looks. I love. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I love. Yeah. I I do like that. And uh, tell us, uh, what are you doing now, uh, Sean? Other than handicapping and 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 playing some golf and going over to uh, to make a few ga- a few bets down at uh, Tampa. What do you What are you doing now? Uh, say that again. Say that again. Say that again. Oh, wow. Gators receiver, play for the Bucks. He's beat my butt the last two times, but I've been in the lab, and I'm going to get some get back today. Oh, wow. That sounds fun. Now, um, now is, uh, is, is this uh, for, uh, for fun, or is it for any kind of uh, event? Well, we, always, we always play for We're just playing for fun. It's just part of our competitive little group we have. So we get together, we play, we compete. Everybody thinks they're better than everybody else in golf. <laughs> the one thing every amateur golfer knows is one day I might be a good player, the next day I'm a hack. So hopefully the good Sean King shows up today. And you know what? That's handicapping too, isn't it? You know, uh, we were talking Sunday. We got a couple of bad beats, and then the last race, boom, we hit a $30 horse. I know I'm going to the store, and I get a text from you. Hey, man, nice pick on that horse. And I'm going, God dang it, why did I leave the house? You know? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. He's a strong winner. Hopefully they won't correct these at Churchill or Belmont before either meet ends. Because you definitely get paid if you can figure it out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, Sean... You're a big. I'm a big fan of yours. I know a lot of people out there are fan of yours too. Not only for what you did in college and NFL, but just overall as, as a good person, a good dude, and a soon-to-be father again. Yes, my my fourth is due here uh, in the June, early July. So I'm fired up about that, and hopefully some of the good I've done, I can win one of these head bobs in one of these races. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need it. <laughs> Hey, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, brother. You know, I, I really enjoy talking about football and and handicapping, and uh, we look forward to seeing what's next in the Sean King uh, episodes that uh, that you you're gonna have out there in your life. All right, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate everybody's listening too. All right, buddy. See you later. That was Sean King. Uh, Really, really good guy, a fun person to talk to. The connection was bad. He was on his way over to his golf game with, uh, with the people he mentioned. And, uh, but that's the kind of people that, that, that you, you, you meet in the sport. 
This is a people that, that's the beauty about racing. This is about the camaraderie that horse players come together. If I would have walked up to Sean King and asked him for his autograph when he played football, he would have never known me. But because we have that common bond of horse racing, we were able to make this happen. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, um, especially when he was talking about Gruden. Uh, I love that. That inside and uh, about the NFL, uh, which we're all looking forward to for it to come back. Thank you for listening, uh, and have a uh, great day. Tell you something that you probably should know. It's that